going on, podcast fam? All right, guys. I know I have promised you for quite a while now that I would have a guest on the podcast so you don't just have to listen to me the whole damn time. So today I have with me Blazy. What's up, Blaze? Nothing much. Just getting my schoolwork done and trying to graduate. Blazy, how do I know you? Um, My uncle. My okay. uncle's really well known in... And then you're, I'm pretty sure it's your brother. My cousin. My or cousin. your cousin was his best friend. And right. Yeah. Yeah. So he did the last name. It stuck out. So I've uh, known Blazy a little while now. And so I'm really thankful that he is here with me to uh, be a part of this podcast for you guys. Um, he's going to help give a perspective that I cannot give. My son is only 11. I cannot give a teenage perspective. So Blazy's here helping me out. And I appreciate that. I'm sure all of you guys will as well. Uh, as I mentioned, when I have guests on the show, the episodes are probably going to be a little longer than normal, and that's okay. Um, if you don't want to listen the whole time, that's fine. But uh, I think Blaze is pretty cool, so you'll you'll definitely appreciate what he brings to the table. Um, so we're going to approach the topic today uh, from a few different angles. So number one, we're going to talk about what teenagers need from their parents. And um, we're gonna talk about some research, we're gonna share just some perspective from an adult point of view, but then also Blazy's here to talk about his perspective as well. Um, so just first things first, I'm gonna review real quickly five things that uh, they say that successful parents of teenagers do. Uh, number one, 99% of it is just being there for your kid. Like just being there, being physically there, mentally there, emotionally there. Do you agree with that, Blaze? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Number two, don't rob them of the struggle, guys. This is the hardest one for me as a parent. I do not like to see my kids struggle. I know some people don't give a damn and they are struggling themselves, so they don't care if their kids <laughs> struggling either. Yeah. But, um, you know, just teaching them hard work and discipline and then letting them struggle through it. Um, and I'm blazing through these guys, but uh, we're going to get into some stuff with uh, Blaze here, or Cam, I should say. Um, but also... They're talking about how to like help people mature, showing unconditional love and having one of the best teachers be to let them mess up. So like failing forward, essentially. Uh, that's number three. Would you agree with that? Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> and then um, also uh, mentoring, finding different people who can actually mentor your kid if it's not just yourself or involving other um, trusted adults as well. Um, and teaching them character as a priority over anything else. So making sure that they have good character before they're, you know, the valedictorian of their class, if you will. <laughs> and then lastly, um, understanding is overrated. So the idea of this is like as an adult, um, you know, we whine. We don't get to whine to like the IRS or anything like that about the tax code. But teens do need a healthy um, a healthy environment and also firm boundaries. And so, um, you know, we're, we're not trying to be their best friends, guys, but we are trying to be supportive. So, Blaze, I just want to uh, ask from your perspective, what do you think about the five things I just mentioned? What do you think in overall of this topic? Okay, so for the first one about being like 99% of successful parenting is being there, I honestly agree with that like 100% because most most parents think that just let you know they'll go like for example they'll go too hard on number two don't like not robbing them of their or actually yeah not robbing them of their struggle and teaching them hard work and discipline like they'll just let them 
do it on their own, if that makes sense. And that would just be the struggle alone without, you know, doing number one and being there for the struggle and supporting them throughout it, but just not, you know, being there too much, if that makes sense. Gotcha. So in your opinion, then, if we're talking about the parent really being there for you as a teen, let's imagine you have a parent that's not there at all, and then all of a sudden they show up, you're 17 years old. Do you think that that is going to create success in that environment, or do you think it's too late? It's, it's too late. Honestly, honestly, I mean, it depends because you can uh, the way you the way someone would approach about that would you know that would have a, play a really big factor in it. But if you're if you weren't here for this you know past seventeen years and you're just trying to come in now, you're not gonna really know me and understand why I am the way I am. Gotcha. That makes sense. So out of all of these rules, then if you had to pick one, what would you say would be the most important of those five? Um. I think the most important one would probably be number two. Number two? So not robbing them of the struggle? Yeah. Dang, that's the hardest one, Blaze. That's the hardest one for the parent. That's hard for me. I don't know how you guys feel, but damn, that one is super hard. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, so Blaze and I did a little bit of research, and uh, we were trying to look into, like, what – kids thought um you know about this topic as a whole and then also just what uh blazy thinks as a person and what i think from my perspective but uh blaze if you want to before anything else whatever you want to share feel free to share whatever you don't want to share totally fine this is not a um a scenario where we're dogging anybody or creating things so just tell us before we get started with everything else tell us a little bit about you who you are what's up with you what's up with blaze um my name's Kamarius. I'm from and my last name's Belazy, but <laughs> I'm from Cleveland. Uh I moved from well, I'm I'm from really from like all around of Cleveland, but you know, growing up I moved around over here, then I moved all around over the, on the east side and then back here and you know, just really been around most in a lot of different environments. And, and for those of you who are not from Cleveland, um, when he's talking about, like, I live over here and then I'm going to the east side, in Cleveland there's kind of like this little wall. It's not a real wall, but it's like people yeah. who are on the east side don't go to the west side, and people who are on the west side don't really go to the east side unless they <laughs> have to for some reason. It's a legit thing. So when he's talking about that, that's actually a pretty big deal because not a lot of people do that. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, just been around and really just been, you know, like growing up, there's always been a lot of different people coming in and out of my life constantly. So I think I have a pretty good perspective on what parenting should be and how teens would want a parent to act, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things so far in your teen years that have been the most uh, valuable memories for you from uh, that parents should be aware of some of the things that you're like oh god that sucked or some of the things that you're like oh man that was amazing like other parents should do this oh um <laughs> probably like one thing that sucked would be um so this one time I was I went to a party oh, no. I went to a party and I think I was 15 or 16 I went to a party and then and this is without my mom knowing but she knows now this is without my mom knowing I went to a party and then it was it ended up like so I went with my friend and my friends like I always hanged hanged out with people that are older than me so my friends are older they're like you know 18 17 19 so 
my I was in the car with my friends, and then we ended up like going and being out, and I had to be home by like one. Just that's generous. That is gen- that's really oh my generous. god, that is so that's generous. Re- that is Never really generous. That Never. is that is re- that's like a really generous curfew. But with that came like a lot of responsibility because I was always home on time. Okay. So yeah, Ooh. I was supposed to be home by like one or twelve, and then. Oh, no, I was 16 at the time. I think I, like, just turned 16. It okay. was in January. So, yeah, and then we went to the party, and then and then we ended up going to, like, sheets and stuff like that and listening to music, and then I lost track of time and then came home, and my mom was waiting for me, like, on the couch. <laughs> I bet she was. And I was just, I, I just. Because you didn't in. have a cell phone then, I imagine, or did you? Oh, no, I had a cell phone. Oh, you didn't answer? She didn't try to call you. No, no one tried. No, I think my I think my phone was off. Like it, oh no, like it died or something. Oh no. So what happened? Um, I got grounded for like a good two, a good two three weeks, which should have been more. It should have been more because okay, because that was that was really bad. But yeah, and then and then that was like that was probably like the bad part that happened was that. Is that I was allowed too much leverage. So you had too much freedom, you think? Yeah, honestly, because if I if but honestly, like those people that I met, I shouldn't have met. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, okay. So if that was if that freedom wasn't there, I wouldn't have met these people. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. But okay. they also had a good part of it where I like I learned from it by her, you know, telling me that's not what happened and that or that's not what was supposed to happen. There's consequences mm-hmm. to things you do in life. Now, when you get grounded like that, how do you feel? Like, what it, what goes through your brain if your parent is like, uh, you're grounded? I mean... What goes through your head? I mean, it's hard because, like, like I've always been, like, you know what I'm saying, like, mature. Like, I've always mm-hmm. been mentally mature. So, at like, at the time, I'm like, I don't need to be grounded. It's not going to really do anything. Mm-hmm. But then I also had to understand from her perspective. This is all while I'm still learning how to mm-hmm. understand people. So I had to understand from her perspective, she's just trying to teach me as a, you know, as a parent mm-hmm. that there's consequences. But I felt as if, like, if she were just to, you know, sit down and talk with me and be like, if it happens again, then this will happen. Mm-hmm. Instead of just, you know, boom, laying the consequence. Okay, so you think that maybe the relationship, like, building that ahead of time makes almost, like, the consequences ineffective because yeah. it would have been just as effective of you just, like, feeling the guilt kind yes, of. Yes, yes. I'm a very I'm a very guilt-shamed person. Like, like if my mom were to, like, come up to me, I mean, you know, if my mom were to come up to me and be, like, like upset about something mm-hmm. and truly be upset about mm-hmm. it, I'm going to feel guilty, and that would be the punishment right there. Yeah, that I feel like that's how my son is. That's definitely how I am. So I feel that. Yeah, I feel, I feel like that's how Braxton is too. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely is. So he knows my son. He's a, a, around him a good enough amount of time. Um, so what are some of the other things that you think that parents sometimes maybe miss that, or maybe assumptions that we make as parents that our kids want or need, and it's like, no, that's not even it? Um, Probably that, oh, that when when parents say, when parents like, like pick and choose when to believe the child. You know what I'm trying to say? Like they'll be like, they'll believe them one time, but then won't believe them the other when they're actually telling the truth. Mm. You know, and then also like, but it's also hard because you know teens lie. Teens are they're bound they're bound to lie about something if the relationship isn't you know like 
A1 perfect, they're bound to lie about something. So why, let's take a, take a step back for a second. Why do you think teens lie? Like, what is, what think, is it think, about it? I think teens lie, like, I mean, it depend. It really depends on the parent. Like, if if the parent is not, if the parent doesn't make the teen feel like they can trust them or they can tell them. But the, the problem with that is, like, if you're too, too, like, tr- if you feel like the teen trusts you too much, then it could lead to them being, you know, acting as if, like, the parent is the friend and then mm-hmm. getting mad when they get a consequence, you know? Mm-hmm. But then it's also, like, if they don't trust you at all, they go behind your back and lie and do sneaky things. Mm-hmm. So it's really like balancing in between that. But I mean, if the balance is good, then yeah, I don't see a teen lying. It may be hard to get the truth out of them, but mm-hmm. it may not. They might not lie. So let me ask you this, because this is a topic uh, that I've talked about before in terms of the um, the ability that parents have to be involved in their kid's life and just different family dynamics. So if you don't mind answering, you could tell me my, my own business. Uh, is your mom you raised by your mom or mom and dad as well? Um, or who, who raised you, Cam? Who raised you? Um, so I was raised by my mom. Okay. I didn't know my dad growing up, but my mom was raised by by her mom. Okay. If that makes sense. So your grandma is pretty. Yeah. She's there. She's involved. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So I'm. my question is, do you think then that these things that you're talking about to support, you know, your teenager are harder or easier if you have both parents or not? Or do you think they're achievable oh, no matter what? Oh, it must definitely be easier if you have both parents. Mm-hmm. Being a single mom is hard because because you're still trying to... I just feel like to like a male role model being there is is able to will make it easier to balance you know mm-hmm. like balance like what is right and what is wrong and what is really right and what is really wrong mm-hmm. you know because you know just being a fe- you know just being like a female influence on a, even a male or a female mm-hmm. can sometimes be too like strong if it's just that. Okay. You know. So you need some balance. Yeah. So do you think that like I think you turned out pretty well. You're pretty level headed. You yeah, got but... your stuff together. So are you an exception to the rule or what? Um, honestly, I like I I never really had like a consistent relationship with anybody. Okay. Like with anyone in my enti- in any of my life. So honestly, I don't know. Like I just I just came out this way. Like I just pay like I, I growing up I just made decisions and learn from them you know okay so that's a conversation that people often have with their kids is like nurture versus nature right so like nature being that you are just like that that's just how you are or is it nurture like your environment that made you how you are so what is your opinion on that then okay so one one main i'm not i can't lie about this one main thing that made me this way was my grandfather like my grandfather he's, he's like smart like he knows what he's doing he's always smart and he always fixes things and you know like whenever a problem would occur he wouldn't he wouldn't explode right there he would just slow down and fix it and then then not you know like not do it again if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like he would he would learn from it okay so that he taught me how to do that and he taught me to slow down learn and reason with what's going on okay that's a that's a good lesson for us all honestly (laughs) no this is some good stuff but um the nurture versus nature thing um 
We said, wait, repeat. What were you so saying? like nurture is like you're a product of your environment, right? Like the people around you help create you to how you are versus nature. Like I was just going to be like this regardless of who my parents were, regardless of how my family circumstances. I was just going to be like this. This is who Cam is. Oh, oh, that I don't know that I'm, I'm definitely nature. Okay. But nurture, I don't nurture definitely has influence because my little sister mm. is just like my mom. Okay. So like like I'm nothing like my mom. Like if you if you were to put me and my mom aside from each other, the most you'd be able to tell is our physical features, like you know like how we look like. But mm. but mentally we're both on two di- completely different pages. But gotcha. my sister and her are like like they they understand each other and they on an emotional level. You know. Do you think that could be part of a gender thing? Like she's a girl, your mom's a girl. It might or do it you might think be. It doesn't matter. I think I I mean I honestly think that she was able to connect with Gia more. On certain different, on certain different things, on an emotional level, you mm-hmm. know, like because Gia feels these emotions, and then she's like, "Yeah, I understand what you mean because I felt these emotions as a girl." Okay, so the, she's able to resonate her with her more because they're the same gender. Those type of things yeah. just kind of come up. Just like I talk about on this show sometimes about like Brexton being a boy and like he needs different things because I'm not a boy and like right. thankfully my husband is in the picture and he has him for that type of stuff because I'm like I don't know what you're doing or maybe <laughs> I'm doing too much you know like I'm too emotional or whatever it is you know like just all of the gender norms I guess yeah. you will, that people kind of talk about that makes sense so when it comes to you let's go back to your mom uh grounding you right because you you made a bad decision you went to a party and you came home late right, right. So was the concern about you not being home on time or did you do something wrong, Kim? Um, it was about me not being home on time, 100%. Okay, gotcha. So did your curfew change from that or no? Um, I don't I don't remember. I don't think it did. I mean, I don't know. I was never like, I'm going to be honest with you, I was never really punished. Okay. Like I was never <laughs> I was never really punished. Like I was never really like I didn't get whooped. I didn't I barely got whooped ever. And I didn't really get grounded that much. And when I would get grounded, it wouldn't be like that severe, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. But but it also I also feel like feel like that came with just like responsibility because like I was responsible enough to not do these things and not do it again. Mm-hmm. So you I just like you got the consequence or the emotion that came along with the guilt, yes. and you're like, ooh, that's enough for yep. me. I feel you on that because for me, it's all about like learning from other people's mistakes. I don't even have to necessarily make the mistake myself. But if I see or hear about someone else doing something and there being a consequence, I'm like, oh, nope, don't want nothing yeah, to do with that's that. How I was too. But then sometimes I feel like it kind of holds you back from yep. trying other <laughs> stuff because you're like, well, damn, you know, if they did this and it didn't work out for them, you're like, uh, what makes me different? And then you got to set that aside. But that's a whole <laughs> other topic. Now, when it comes to some of the things that we were doing research on and we were talking about like things that kids want or don't want their parents to do, um, one of the hot topics was about kids like shallow questions. I'm just going to call it shallow questions. So like parents asking, oh, how was your day, honey? Or what's going on with school? Or like just like the regular hot topics, school, homework, chores. Like if those are the only things you talk to your kid about, like it's it's worthless like it's not it's almost like um superficial conversation yeah would you agree with that or like what i completely agree with that that is like 100 percent true because it also like when parents ask that it makes you feel as if there's they're trying to get some sense of like 
what's wrong instead of what's going on like that's right if that makes Mm -hmm. sense you know like they're they're like because you know most parents are on their kids about school they're like make sure your grades are good make Mm -hmm. sure you're not slacking make sure you know make sure all of these things are good and what the parent thinks the kid should be then then so when you ask about it it's like it's like are you asking me because because you want to know if i'm doing bad Mm -hmm. if that makes sense Okay, so per, uh, approaching it kind of from a negative perspective as opposed to, like, how are you doing overall? Like, yeah. how is Cam just as a human as opposed to Cam as a student or yeah. uh, employee of wherever you might work? I know you were working at Target, but, you know, that, yeah. type of, that type of thing. Okay, that makes sense. So what are some of the things that you think uh, are good ways for parents to approach their teenagers then? Like, what, what should I talk to you about? So when Brexton's a teenager and he's all you know, being teenagery, <laughs> then what should I talk to him about? What should I what should I approach him with? Okay, so the honestly, this is how I would want it to play out. Okay. If say like say like you're in the car with him or you're, you know, just chilling next to him or something like that and then be like like if he asked you what you did at work or something like that, you don't it, it, it you don't even necessarily have to ask you. You just be like, Hey, let me tell you what happened at work today or mm-hmm. something like that. Like like and then you start start talking about your day and what happened and what's going on in your life like and it like you, you could start out with work or you know maybe even if you're in school or something like that and then then you ask him like say like you're in school and you're like yeah these college w- or whatever is becoming hard how do you do it okay okay and then you lead into it like that, if that so makes you're sense. giving the example first and mm-hmm. then having like open-ended question as opposed to like how was your day and like oh good yeah because they're like yeah, they're, they're always just gonna, gonna say answer good. that good yes. all right okay i get you so i i like that i like the idea open-ended questions guys you heard it from cam ask your kids <laughs> open-ended questions that's awesome good stuff so let me ask you this. One of my friends, uh, her name is, well, her name's Chevy, but she has a podcast too. Um, I think hers is called Parenting is Ghetto. And she had a topic <laughs> on her uh, podcast about I'm not one of your little friends. So you talked about a little bit about not being your kid's friend. So for some parents, I'm just going to say we're, we're not talking your friend, your mom. We love Cam's mom. Some parents might be like, oh, no, you were trying to be friends because midnight – one o'clock in the morning that's yeah. kind of crazy see but the thing about that like no my mom says that all the time like mm-hmm. she says I, she says i'm not one of your friends do not talk to me like that or right. don't do this because i'm not one of your friends and or you know just around that entire topic like right. in that way like you're not gonna call her bruh yes <laughs> Yes, but like the thing is, like I'll accidentally say that. I and know. I'm be, sure you do. She'll be you say on it to me. It. Yeah, like right. I don't. I don't mean to. It's just like you it know, pops sub- out because it's part of your vocabulary. Exactly. But the whole, um, the whole coming home thing, that whole thing. But th- there wouldn't be guilt there if I would have. If I would have thought of her as a friend, you know, like okay, I wouldn't have, that's a good point. I wouldn't have learned. I wouldn't have learned from her. I wouldn't have been like nerve wracking. Cause like at the time, or when I got past one and I realized it, I was like, "Oh crap!" Yes, I was like, "I need to get home." I was, I was like, "I was." Because you're probably crazy. like, part of you is like, she was trusting me exactly. to do this, so you're exactly. like, "Dang!" Like I messed it up, you know. And then it's like I could have just went home, but yeah. There, okay. Okay. So, so I wouldn't have had that if I was just, you know, if I just thought of her as a friend, or mm. if I just like was treating her like a friend. 
So when I, when it comes to that, I think it, I think parents should be more understanding of that. Like they don't think of you as a friend. They because if they did, they, they wouldn't feel guilty about mm. it. You know. So what do you think is that that missing piece in between? I'm your friend versus I'm just like here to love and support you because I feel like that could be a fine line, right? Like I feel like sometimes I'm like, dang, am I being Brexton's friend or am I being his mom right now? Because it's like. I, I try to think about, like, if I allow him to do this, then it could result in this, 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 and this, and, like, what the ripple effect could be. But then you're like, oh, but I want him to, like, love me and, you know, that type <laughs> yeah. of thing. You know, that is real. So I'm just curious as to what you think that little in-between part is. Like, what is the, like, pushing it too far where you're like, oh, no, you're trying to be their friend versus their parent. Maybe. Like, what is it? Like, the fact that you have that, you know, like, that you have that shows that, that, I mean, in just, like, me knowing Braxton, I don't think he thinks of you as a friend. Just because of the fact that he's, like, he has that, like, like, he knows, like, for example, when he's doing something, like, when I was in the room when he was doing his test Mm. or whatever, and he was completing it, um, he even said, he was like, I have to do this, so my mom, so my mom comes in and sees that I'm done. Mm, okay, you good, 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 so good job, like, Braxton. <laughs> so I was like, so I was like, yeah, I don't think, yeah, I'm pretty sure they have a pretty good relationship when it comes to that. But as far as it comes, like to having that that wall or like that in that little margin in between being a friend and just being a parent, I think that it really plays out with like trust and not letting it go too far. That okay. makes sense. That makes sense. So one of the things I remember being a big, big, big thing, my grandparents were very strict. Like I'm talking about, bless my husband, because that man, we, he became my boyfriend when I was 15 and a half, and I was not really allowed to have a boyfriend. But even when I was allowed to have a boyfriend, I wasn't allowed to leave the house, so there was really no point. Right. He literally would just sit at my grandma's house and like watch Wheel of Fortune with us because not only were, was I not allowed to leave the house, I wasn't even allowed to leave the living room with him. So <laughs> we're just in there watching Wheel of Fortune and uh, Jeopardy and stuff. Wait, for how long? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. I'm just- <laughs> Like for real, I was like 16, 17, this is 18. <laughs> <laughs> you're just sitting there, he's just next to you watching, you're just like. <laughs> I don't know. Funny. Literally, he's an angel. Oh my God. I don't even know. I don't even know. How long did this like go on for? Like Forever because we were not allowed anywhere by ourselves. My grandma was so afraid. <laughs> but like I will say like eventually we would ask permission like, oh, can we go out to dinner or go out to putt-putt or whatever. And it's not like I ever did anything wrong. I literally didn't. My aunts and uncles, my mom, they ruined it. They had no trust for any type of kids because my aunts and uncles and them, they must have given it to them rough because I wasn't allowed to do shit. (laughs) I wasn't going anywhere. But anyways, so talking about control, though, I wanted to know and I was curious as to what your thoughts were um, about control for you. Like, how does that feel and what? Do you, well, I feel like your mom was probably a little bit more flexible, but do you think that teenagers in general, 
do well like with me i was like okay yes ma'am you said no i'm not doing nothing then i guess right. i'm not going anywhere versus like how many people do you think actually follow that if that's a rule oh like nowadays that, yeah like like so my like teenagers, teenage group yes. no they do not listen they don't they will if their parents say no they'll go do it anyways they'll just say whatever because the people because like my friends but like like me i was i was allowed to have that leverage like i was i was allowed to bring my girlfriend over and you know like go play the game or go play the game with her because my mom said like if anything if you ever to feel any type of way or if anything like that just be smart mm-hmm. because because you know i don't because i know that i don't want no kids you know <laughs> and i know that I, and I also wanted to wait like i've i've always like been big on like like waiting, you mm-hmm. know, like waiting for to because I, I, me personally, like my age group, or I don't know about my age group, but me personally, like I don't, I don't like to, you know, just throw myself around or do anything with any female. Like I wouldn't even kiss a female if they were just, if they were like, <laughs> if they were like not like on top of their stuff, if they weren't smart, if they didn't really. You gotta have your stuff together mentally. Yeah, like you have to be mentally mature and you have to be genuine. Like you have to be a genuine person and able for, to, for me to even like be close to or any of that. Mm-hmm. So, but she knew this, so she gave me a lot of leverage. But uh, when it comes to like my age group, no, they just don't care. But they why just, do you think that is? Like, do you think it's the parents that created uh, that environment or do you think that's back? So we're back to the nurture nature thing. Do you think it's like the parents didn't command the respect or do you like from the from the get-go and then all of a sudden they're trying think, to control stuff or do you think that that's just like I, part of what it was i think that goes to play with like more of like number two don't rob them of their struggle but also being there to support them like hey let them know like just like how i'm not gonna lie my mom did really good with that like she was like she was like hey if you it just make sure you be smart if these things do happen but try not to let them happen you know mm-hmm. but like giving them that sense of responsibility and then them thinking like dang i shouldn't do this you know like i shouldn't mm-hmm. do this so i'm not gonna do it mm-hmm. you know so I, more along the lines there. of like instead of forbidding or making rules or whatever like equipping them with all of the tools so that they can make a decision yeah or so that they can go about in life in the safest way possible no matter what the scenario is versus like saying no you can't do that because then they're just going to do it anyways and not safely or not respectfully or whatever yeah if that does that is that, that what makes, you're trying to say that makes sense okay yeah. cool so yeah, so we're gonna uh, wrap this up a little bit. Um, I definitely want to touch base on a few things real quick, um, and then we'll let Cam kind of sum some stuff up. But um, one of the things that um, I found interesting when I was doing some research is that they say teenagers have a lot in common with uh, kids who are in their terrible twos, and I found that to be really interesting because that is a unique stage of people's lives. Uh, thankfully, Brexton never gave me any terrible two energy, so I didn't have to worry about that i hear that about a lot of like boys boys you think they don't do terrible twos yeah okay i don't think they do like whole like like terrible twos like my little sister was bad <laughs> <laughs> you're like did she have terrible one two three four yes, and five? <laughs> yes. oh my god so here are a couple of the guidelines that we kind of uncovered one listen so if you're curious about your teen's life just ask direct questions listen don't just jump to conclusions hear them out hear what they have to say their opinions stuff like that well but when it comes to like just asking how their day was be 
kind of like indirect with it like don't make it a direct but if it's something like important like like and you need to know this about them Mm -hmm. for their mental health or physical health and well-being it's okay to be direct but also understand or help them understand that they're not in trouble and that it's okay to talk to them because they're not going to be upset after and you're not going to be punished after Mm -hmm. do you think that that is always um going to be received in that way if in the past the parent did not approach things that way no there has to be like some sense of trust in between okay so it's not just something i could offer it be like oh brexton's 16 now let me try to listen to him and Um, stuff like that i couldn't i couldn't just off the rib do that but like if i'm doing that now to continue and or to build up so that way we could get there so if your kid is already a teenager you know you still have opportunity to help and support them however if your teen if your kid is younger just keep building the blocks guys yeah keep keep moving up uh so number two you already kind of touched on it validate their feelings right so Mm -hmm. like not saying like oh you're crazy Mm. or whatever it is right yeah that makes complete sense. Making sure that, making sure that you're you're like, like for example, like 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 I said with um I think it was when I was saying how to talk to them. Mm-hmm. When you're like, how do you do it? They're like, they feel some sense of approval. They're like, you notice that I'm actually getting through it. You know, that's like validating how they feel. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Right. No, that makes sense. And in in the research, it was showing like that people have an often, they often have a tendency to try to solve the problems for the kids. Man, that is me. I am so guilty of that. Like, (laughs) instead of validating the feelings, I'll like automatically go to, oh, you, you feel like this or you think this or you did that. Okay, let's do this, 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 and this and try to get to the solution. Like, that's how I always approach stuff. So... I need to cool it down a little bit, I guess. (laughs) Um, We talked about number three, showing trust. So that was a big one. And then number four, we didn't talk a lot about this. Well, we talked a little bit about it, not to be a dictator. So like, hey, I'm the authority. These are the rules. This is what we're going to do. It's my way or the highway type thing, which that's what my grandparents did to me. So it's real easy for me to you know be that way myself because it's like i'm the adult that's it yeah trust me i know i know about that (laughs) was your grandpa like that or no oh my grandma was like your grandma okay yes yeah my grandparents and my mom honestly she was kind of like that too but not with everything yeah but not with everything like some things yeah that makes sense and i feel like i'm the same way too it's like there are certain things that are non-negotiable with me yeah but then there are other things well it's like well but that's understandable but as long as like well, that, that goes as far as your kid understanding why you feel this way and why you make these rules and why, you know? Mm. Because if they don't understand and you're just putting the rules down and you're like, you don't have to understand yet because you're a kid mm. or you don't have to understand, that's invalidating that mm. They're not going to, they're going to want to rebel. Okay. Uh, number five, give praise. So um, I like the way that you put it, though, instead of just saying like, oh, good job, this or that. Mm-hmm. You're putting it as like, hey, I noticed you did this. How can I do that? Yeah. So you're like indirectly giving them praise, which I think is a lot more valuable than just saying, oh, good job, because like, good job, what? And then the thing yeah. that I struggle with is like, Brexton is really a people pleaser. I already noticed I am also a people pleaser, so I recognize it very easily. But like, sometimes I am concerned that the more praise I give Brexton when he does things, the more he's going to want to do things just to make me happy. And like, that's not what I want his motivation to be. I, I want know, him- but that's like the one of the hardest things as a mother because cause that's how I was. Like growing up, I would do everything to put a smile on my mom's face, mm-hmm. like anything. So 
I, honestly, I don't. I don't even know because I'm. I'm like that myself. Like, <laughs> you got. You got no recommendations for I me. Mean, I mean, <laughs> but that's part of that. Like, oh, guilt. oh, you can do it for. You can tell. Like, start encouraging him to do it for him. Like, be like, like for example, having a set routine. Be like, so your teeth look white and. Maybe, you know, like, so your breath won't stink or, you know, stuff like that. Like, making <laughs> Please sure, don't have stinky breath. Yeah, like, doing stuff like that for him and mm-hmm. not just to be like, okay, I'm going to do this because my mom, if I tell my mom this, she'll be happier, this mm. or that. And that's one of the things I've started to tell Brexton, too, instead of saying, like, oh, you did such a great job or whatever, to switch my communication and say, wow, you must be so proud of yourself instead of I'm proud of you because then it places the like value in what I think as opposed to what he thinks about himself and his yeah. actions. So that's one. Like, like, like say if he like lifts something or he like, you know, like for example, he does jujitsu. Mm-hmm. If he beats an opponent or something like that, like, like you feel you feel pretty strong, don't you? Good job. Mm-hmm, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. That makes sense. Uh, number six, control your emotions. So it's real easy, you know, yeah, especially that, with a teenager who thinks they know everything. Yeah. Cam, do you think you know everything or what? Sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> I can I can be that way. Okay, okay. So basically adults we need to control our emotions with our teens. Man, I ooh. <laughs> that's a hard one just in general to control your emotions as a human because you want to react in a certain way I feel like naturally yeah so but not having that will set an example for the teens like not being like just lashing out mm-hmm. and and going in on him or her and just you know taking out how you feel on them will show them like that's okay and it'll make it harder for them to you know Take a step back, mm-hmm. take a deep breath, and then go into the problem. No, so. that makes sense. And you said your grandpa did that a lot for you. Like, yeah. provided a good example. So that's good. Um, also, do things together. So a lot of times I hear parents say, like, oh, they don't want to hang out with me. They don't want to do things with me. But in some of the research we did, it was talking about doing things together with your teens. So uh, they were talking about, like, how talking is not the only way to communicate. It's also through, like, actions and doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that or what? Yeah, sometimes, like, just say, like, say like um, maybe catch them on a day that they're hungry or something and then, like, say they're hungry or go get them food or, you know, stuff like that. And then after start running a couple errands but like something like they will you know they would like mm-hmm. i feel like indir- indirectly doing that if it's, if you're struggling with trying to get them to want to do things mm-hmm. try to do it indirectly or try understanding why they don't want to do mm-hmm. it as of right now brexton is like up my behind and trying to hang out with me all the time so <laughs> i don't have to worry about that yet but i i might need to come back at you later on like yo i need some help because <laughs> you know it gets the struggle will get real i'm sure um one thing that was also on the list number eight was uh, sharing meals. Uh, this is an interesting one because I, I do agree with it. I do also believe in it, but I also see how challenging it is and can be, particularly if you have a single parent household. Because I'm sure there are times where like maybe your mom was, maybe she was working while you were home or whatever. Like she worked in the evening, I'm assuming, I don't know, at some point maybe in her life or wasn't available at dinner time or whatever, like people yeah. often like to suggest. So that one gets really hard, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't think that um, it's something that everybody can do all the time. But I like what you suggested where you're just like, hey, it's a random time. And oh, my kids said they were hungry. Like, oh, let's just go grab some food together or whatever. Because yeah. then you're spending quality time and you're doing the meal, exactly. right? Like, yes. So there, there's a little flexibility with that one. 
And then lastly, number nine uh, that they mentioned was being observant. And uh, I like that one a lot too, because it's just being mindful of uh, your kids and who they are and what they do, what they enjoy doing. Um, I, I tend to do this not just with my kids, but like with all of you guys too. Like I obviously observed that Cam was a good kid. He had a lot to say, had some good, strong opinions. He's smart. And um, you know, it's just through observing and learning people through their actions and stuff like that. So um, what is something that you think maybe an adult in your life has learned about you just through observing what you do or who you are? Um, that's a good question. Probably, honestly, either you, maybe Miss Hainline or any other peer around me because like, I know I, 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 I have a big, Thing about respect like you know like giving respect and showing that that you're interested in you know knowing about how other people's day then they'll re- then they'll give positive feedback mm-hmm. you know and I feel like most people notice that and that's why they're more positive towards me mm-hmm. that makes sense all right Cam well thank you so much for being on my podcast being my first guest yes, yes. I love this Um, Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to episode five of Pragmatic Parenting Con... Pragmatic Parenting Podcast. We'll see you next week. Ain't no hood like this.